Beers and Tears would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land from which we conduct this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waterways and sky of this beautiful place, and we pay our respects to Elders past and present, and extend that respect to all First Nations people present today, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. How much am I so can I give away till there's nothing left to take from me? Hello everyone, welcome back to Beers and Tears. Today I'm joined with Joseph. Hi, hello, how are you? Hello. I'm okay, how are you? Good, thank you. I don't know why I felt like I had to like do yelling, a yelling thing. It feels like you're so far away. <laughs> a lot of hands involved there. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Where are you today? What part of the world? Uh, I'm currently in Hackney Wick in London. Um, I was in the countryside there for like two days and I've just came home last night. Uh, aye, very wholesome weekend, but I'm stuck in London. It's raining right now as well, so but I'm kind of used Is to that because I'm Scottish. Yeah, I like the rain anyway. I can, I'm, I'm kind of sick of the summer. I'm, I, need, I need it to be cold now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm more of a, an autumnal boy. I like a bit of autumn winter. Right. I don't look, I don't look good in shorts, so I, just, <laughs> I, can't, I can't be arsed with that. I, like, I'm six foot two. I'm really thin. Like, I look like a praying mantis. Like, I can't I can't deal with that. I'm more of a layers coat boy. Like, I can't I can't deal with the short game. It's not, it's not for me. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, well, to begin, I um wanted to just like go for a little walk down memory lane um and just like talk about how you kind of got into music, what when you decided to start kind of creating it for like more of a purpose than just for yourself. Yeah. Um yeah, and like your journey so far. Journey. Um so basically I, I didn't really I went to university for six months and I dropped out. And then I went to music college for a year, then dropped out because I just, I, I can't, I've, I've never really done well in a classroom. Um, you can probably tell I'm quite an erratic person. Um, but then I met my mate at music college, who's now my manager. And he kind of encouraged me after hearing me singing at an open mic night that, oh, he was like, you could maybe like write songs and like be a singer if you wanted to. And I was kind of like, all right, okay. And then I just tried to write music and then, I was kind of throwing shit against the wall until something kind of stuck and I kind of found my feet using, like, I had a laptop and a guitar I just plugged my laptop into the guitar, plugged, plugged my guitar into the laptop and kind of like learned how to produce by myself and I I made a lot of really shit music um, before I found my feet like production-wise and writing-wise but I kind of I kind of fell into music. It wasn't something I grew up wanting to, wanting to do. Like where I'm from in Glasgow, it's not really the thing to do like mm-hmm. I feel like I it's a bit it's a bit of a weird career path a bit of a left a bit of a left field choice for me um because my brother's a scaffolder my other brother's a mechanic and here I am trying to be a pop star so it's a bit it's a bit <laughs> random for me um, yeah 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 but I basically just fell into it I'm kind of strong armed into it by my mate who's like I or otherwise I'd still be working in a bar at the moment which is pretty weird but I yeah. Um yeah. and you have a new single out called Joe. Is it named yeah. after you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was a bit weird. <laughs> I was a bit I was a bit weirder, but when I when I like wrote the song and took it to the producer, I was like, Do you think it's a bit shite that it's called Joe? And he was like, Nah, love it. He's like, it's like yeah. Jolene. Like it's like if Dolly Parton can do it, you can do it. So um I it's it's about me. Yeah, yeah. 
Nice. Do you want to, <laughs> to dive into the track a little bit um, and like the creative process um, and yeah, the story about you naming it Joe? <laughs> All right, so, bit, I mean, it's kind of like the song for me is quite it's quite close to the bone. It's quite sad to be honest. That I just wrote it but like on myself, like by myself on the guitar before I took it to my co-producer Barney. Um, it's kind of about the negative relationship I have with myself since I was about like fourteen or something. I feel like it's like, I've had quite like a problem with how I talk to myself, like in my brain. Like I, I, I don't know. I feel like I I don't know. Don't really get on with myself at sometimes. Um, so the song's just kind of about kind of the cyclical nature of that and kind of keep returning to the same headspace all the time. Uh, but I took it to Barney and I was like, I don't know about this song. It's a bit sad for me. And I think the chorus is a bit shit because I'm just saying my name over and over. And he was like, nah, fucking love it. Let's let's get into it. And it ended up just becoming this, like, we put these big, like, Fleetwood Mac drums behind it and, and kind of made it sound a bit more, like, hopeful. The production was, like, probably the, the funnest part of it just because it, it turned this thing that was a bit, like I don't know like shit for me and it's something that became a bit more resilient and hopeful and I love it now it's one of my favourite songs like I've wrote for the album but yeah Yeah. sick and do you find like I read that you kind of said that when you're writing songs that are kind of pretty nakedly honest like that and quite deep um that you like to have a little sense of humour behind it um yeah find that that's kind of a helpful way for you to be able to kind of put such vulnerable music out there um and just to have a little bit of like humor behind it yeah i feel like people take music really seriously like and i'm scottish like we we say everything with a punchline like it's it's hilarious but um i feel like it would be a bit too doom and gloom if i was a bit like yeah man like it's just like this song is so sad like for me um but now nah, I feel very lucky that I get to turn kind of like negative uh, parts of my life into a positive through like music and playing yeah. Joe live, like playing Joe live over the summer. Like it's it becomes this kind of like community thing, like because everybody just screams the chorus. Maybe it's just kind of egotistical of myself to get strangers to sing my name over and over. Like that. Um, yeah, it's your encore song. Just yeah. say my name, say my name like Beyonce. Um, nah, it's it's quite like a. It's a bit of like a cliche, but it is quite a cathartic experience, like being able to like shift the narrative and it's kind of helped me like I talk to myself a bit better. But yeah, I'm very proud of that one. Yeah, awesome. And you've announced your debut album, which is long awaited for a lot (laughs) of people. Um, So congrats on that, first of all. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks a lot. No worries. What are you most excited about, about finally releasing this album? Oh, just fucking getting out, man. Honestly, like, just, I, I feel like I, like, count my life on albums, like, a couple of more, like, just, like, that period of my life, oh, that was when that album came out. So just to be able to make my own body of work that, like, that I worked so hard on, like, I'm so proud of it. And I feel like it's, it's took me a while, but it's, like, my best foot forward. I didn't want to just throw something out just to keep the wheel spinning um because i don't really work like that but i i'm fucking buzzing for it to come out like i'm so excited yeah hell yeah what would you say are some of your favorite albums that you hope that people hold your album up to scale with oh my god i don't know i mean i love like really classic i love like carol king tapestry obviously that's like a pure classic 
like I would never compare my album to that because that is like the benchmark songwriting, <laughs> like how to do it. Um, I love Lord Melodrama as well. It's a bit like a that's like a good pop album that I think I always kind of reference because the writing is just unbelievable on it. Like the lyrics are just amazing. Um, try to think. I don't know. I, I can't think off the top of my head, but I I'm obsessed with like bodies of work. I'm not really like I don't really like the single 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 thing. Um, because it's like I'm I'm a big fan of like storytelling and like a start finish middle end sort of thing. So yeah, I'm excited. I hope people like it. Oh, yeah, I'm the same. I'm an album listener through and through. It's What's your, what would you what, what would you say is your, an album that you like? You kind of like refer, reference back to. Um. Oh, I always say this, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Oh my God, oh my God, so good. So good, like, I love that. My mum used to play that when I was a wee guy all the time. Amazing, unbelievable. If I had to make an album, it would be like that. Oh, that'll be album two for me. I'll be like, it just, it just, it still sounds relevant as well. Yeah. Not just the like the, the production, but like the, the stories he's singing about, which is kind of shit because he's talking about racism and stuff like that, but... Ah, it's 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 amazing, unbelievable, classic. Amazing. Yeah, that, that one's up there for me, and it just flows yeah. so beautiful. Like for so long, I didn't know what song was playing because it just felt like it was this <laughs> one long song. And so they were like, "What's your favorite song in the album?" And I was like, "That side A, the whole thing that just plays." Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of an acid trip. It's a bit of an acid trip, but I like it. It's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, what would you say is like the most what was the hardest part about putting this album together for you um, I feel like just knowing when to finish it like knowing when to realise that a song's finished or um, I don't know I found the whole process really hard to be fair because it's like you want to get it right like you you, you want to like be authentic in yourself and, and, and pick music that you're going to want to sing forever basically yeah. uh, but I don't know I found it all quite difficult and fun as well at the same time but I, I, I do think I underestimated like the the, the, create, like, the creative aspect of an album like how much work it actually takes and physical mental energy and um, but I yeah it was fucking hard <laughs> to, yeah. to, to reduce it to that yeah. <laughs> well it's like you have to pick a good order of the songs as well they have to go yeah. in a specific order um yeah. Where does Joe where does Joe sit in the order? I think it's like the it's like the arse end of it. It's not like the arse end. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's like track eight or something. I, I, I think there's like a the, the album is balanced really well. Like the story of it is 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 like kind of like one, two, three, four, it's kind of starts and it ends in the right place. It kind of lulls in the middle and then picks you back up at the end. Um and we were very conscious of that because I'm I'm a big fan of albums that kind of pick you up and put you down um but i joe joe kind of like picks you back up at one point kind of like yeah nice (laughs) how many tracks are on the album uh there's one intro and then 12 12 full tracks so it starts starts with like an intro and then yeah that's just takes you on a wee journey (laughs) nice i love an intro i love uh just well, it's an intro, isn't it? An intro. <laughs> <laughs> I love an intro as well, man. I'm a big fan of an intro. Yeah. Was it originally, how many tracks did you originally have that you had to kind of narrow down into what you've created? 
Do you know what? It wasn't even that many. I think it was it's twelve, and I think we wrote about like twenty or something like that. I'm not I'm not like a prolific writer. I feel like a lot of my writing comes from my experience, and I've I've been through quite a few shit things the past couple of years, but not that many. Yeah. <laughs> not like not like fifty. Um, so I it was just kind of like I was just writing as I was living through all this stuff and. Um, that's that's what came out, and I've chose the best, the, the best of the bunch, and I hope hopefully people will agree. But um, I've still got some tunes in the canon, so maybe I'll do something with them at some point. Don't know. I reckon, I reckon you should. Why yeah, not? file them out. Just whack them out. Okay. <laughs> well, it's called permanent damage, um, and you described it as grieving about a version of yourself that you don't think you'll be able to kind of get back to again. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you want to kind of touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I feel like I feel like I was in a bit of a dark place when I was writing the album. Like I was, I was, I was constantly comparing my life to what it was like when I was with this person and before I met this person. And I think when you're in relationships, um, especially the kind of like your first love, like your formative, the most formative relationship you can have, I think it it really does change you. And I wasn't even mad about like the relationship ending. I was just a bit mad about the fact that I was different. Like yeah. the way I speak the way I speak to people, the way like I see the world. I, I just felt a bit more jaded and a bit less a bit less happy go lucky, if you know what I mean. Like, I just felt a bit like a bit beige, a bit greyer. Um but I think change, like damage or, or change doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Like it it, it I'm not jaded or anything like that. I've just I've become a stronger version of myself. I'm 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 more worldly. I know a bit more about myself now. I know how I want to be treated, and I know how I want to treat other people. And um, so I've tried to kind of spin spin it into a positive and uh, change change good or bad. It eventually, becomes something you it gives you perspective, and you can appreciate the things that have happened to you a wee bit more. So, yeah, hopefully yeah. that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. I think it's yeah. a great. Um, thought-provoking statement because I feel like it's great that you've like learnt to accept that as well because it's like something that everybody lives with like I I always think about what I used to be like and why I can't be like that now or like what what's changed what's changed in myself since then that like I'm so different now and it's just like this constant thing because we're always changing and so it's this thing that we think about all the time of like I wish I was like that but shit happens and like life changes yeah. and you kind of have to like go with that and accept it and continue going this way yeah I feel well, like I feel I feel like so much like joy and happiness is lost in trying to maintain control of your life but it's a bit of a ride you kind of just need to like ride the wave a wee bit um, yeah. and I think that, that's the biggest thing I've learned like stop trying to fucking control everything just let it happen and um, I just just kind of smile and wave <laughs> yeah totally um, and so you've given a few tasters of the album Joe included um, and I feel weird saying your name so much <laughs> yeah. Joe you um, yeah you included um, and they're kind of a little bit more upbeat to um, let's say like your second EP um how do you feel kind of making music that is a little bit different to what was so well received um for example in does it make you feel good 
Um, I don't know. I don't think it's ever been really a conscious decision to when I when I'm in like when I'm working, I don't really think about like how it's going to be received or how oh my god, I need to make this so that people still like me, sort of thing. Um, I mean, there's definitely some saddies on the album. There's some slow burners on the album as well. Like people will be more than happy with like yeah. <laughs> some of the tracks, but but I also think it's see playing live. It kind of like the kind of physicality of music, when you to like dance to music and stuff like that, that definitely sticks in your brain. Like I want, I want to move about on stage and I want people to dance. Like, and it makes it easier to to sing these songs that are about things that like get me down. Like if I can see people like taking their t-shirts off and they're like sort of swinging it in the air, like it it becomes like this kind of community experience thing. But now nah, I'm 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 not really I'm proud of the stuff that I've made in the past. And that, that was like a part of me that like like another version of myself, but this is kind of me now. But don't worry, there's definitely some some really heartbreakers, some heartbreakers on the album. So yeah, people people hopefully like that. Amazing. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite song that's on it? Um I've got two. I've got two songs. There's one that's coming out next. It's called Just Come Home with Me Tonight. Um, and there's one called Borderline, and that's the two saddest ones on the album, I think. And the, the, they're they're pretty like I wrote Just Come Home with Me Tonight like ages ago, like by myself, like in my room, and it still makes me feel like oh, a bit like fucked up about <laughs> about yeah. that, that that person. So I feel like that must be a good sign. So hopefully, yeah, yeah, you can let me know. You give me a DM, and it comes out. You'd be like, oh, that is that is sad. Oh, I'm crying, crying in my room right now. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will for sure. <laughs> um, and so going back to the OG days of Tell Me Something Nice, um, it was kind of like a beautiful description and journey of your relationship um with a guy. How did it kind of feel for you to share that part of your life so openly and just like going into like writing songs about your relationships? How do you feel about do you tell them that you're writing those songs about them and putting it out there? And how do you feel about kind of being so vulnerable and open with it all? Um, I don't know, man. I think see, just like growing up in Glasgow, there's like a big, there's like a big bullshitometer. Like you have to just be honest with yourself and be honest with the people you're speaking to, or else people will just be like, not believe you. And I think that's kind of influenced the way I write. Like I've I've never felt like I had to hide hide aspects of my 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 relationship in order to appeal to more people. Uh, it's just, I think it's just the way I've been brought up as well. My mum always just says like, just be yourself. And um, but obviously growing up in Glasgow, a really kind of hyper masculine place that like, you do kind of worry about things sometimes. And even when I was putting out the Joe video, like it's like me kissing a boy, I was a bit like, can I get that like a little fright? But nah, like I feel like I've always felt comfortable. And I think that just, it's a testament to the people around me and, um, the the way that I've been raised and I've always felt comfortable with myself in that way. But I, I as far as the person that is written about, he fucking loves it. Bit of an attention whore, but I I, I kind of have to give it to him. Though he's been like a really really good sport, and um because I could not cope with that. I could not cope with somebody like writing writing music about me. But um I think it's just like it's a nice way to kind of time capture that relationship and. Um, I think in like 50 years when I listened to like that EP, I'd be like, oh, like that's so nice that I get to um, like 
like can I like forever yeah capture capture that period of my life yeah um, but yeah yeah that's so nice I never really thought about it as kind of like a, a, a point in your life that you get to forever look back on yeah Unless- you kind of just it's, it's like putting a wee flag in the ground you kind of look yeah. back at it like oh that's nice nice and um like reflecting on like your journey between creating that first EP and where you are now artistically and like with all this new music coming out, what would you say is sort of the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself as an artist and person and yourself as, yeah, a musician and creating like in your art as well? Um, I, th- I feel like it's important to just make music that you like and don't try and like follow what's the flavour of the moment or like I feel like a lot of people kind of try and chase like virality at the moment like trying to get a TikTok hit or whatever I think that can be quite damaging and and there's no longevity in that really Um, but for me personally I just I've never really been interested in that stuff to be honest but um, I don't know I think I just make music for yourself because at the end of the day if you have you have to you're stuck with this music forever. So if if you make if you make a fucking a heavy metal song because your A and R thinks it's it's the bit it's the right direction for you, then when they like leave and you're left with this fucking shite song, there's nothing you can do about it. So I think I just stay, kind of stay true to yourself. Make music that you like. Make music that you're comfortable singing, making, um, and and just take control of your choices. And and I probably that. But I've always been a bit of a hard ass as far as it's. I've always had total control over everything I do, but I kind of see it happen around me sometimes, like people yeah. being steered in certain directions and that, and I just feel like, God, man, just tell them to fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, totally. yeah, 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 but yeah, probably just that. Just kind of stay true to yourself and make music you want to make. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I think it's so important because then it just feels so authentic to you. I mean, like you're putting stuff out that's just like, yeah, this is me. This is my stuff. Yeah, but, and it just should be. It should sound that simple and be that simple, but it's not always no, that simple. I know it's like gets people overcomplicated. Like I think when people start giving you opinions as well about how you should sound, it's like it clouds your 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 memory or like your your vision of what you you want to be yourself. So you get you take you end up taking in all these opinions and and it pure fucks your brain up. But nah, I think just kind of put the blinkers on, focus on focus on yourself. Yeah. And you're going on some big shows. You're going on to do some big shows. Big shows. Um, you're going on some big shows. <laughs> through, through UK and Europe um, into next year. Um, yeah. Does it? Hang on, wait. I'm going to get distracted by this now. Do I sound, does my accent sound strong to you? I mean, you sound Australian for sure. Right. But you don't sound like you don't you don't I don't know, I'm trying to think of a famous Australian person. Nah, you you start, it's like a it's nice. I love the Australian accent though. Cool, good. To, yeah. I forgot that I had an accent this whole time until you just mimicked me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're speaking to the guy with the thickest accent of all time, so I feel like yeah. we're fine. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, anyway, you're going on some big shows um, through UK and Europe. Um, you played a whole tour around that area as well. What are you most keen for 
through staging this new album? How is it going to differ to when you were there last? Um, I think it's just going to be like an extension of the album. Like I'm going to visually as well as like performance wise. I want it to feel like when people come to the show, it's like, oh, this is like, this is like the permanent damage tour. Like, um, going to have some nice staging and amazing lights and stuff and stuff like that's always been important to me, like creating like a wee world for the music to live in. Um, right. So I want I want it to be an experience. But um, I don't know, maybe, maybe no pyrotechnics or like flaming bras or anything like that, but I want it to be, I want it to be special because um, it's like, a, it's a bit of a, it's been a landmark moment in my career to have like an album tour. So, yeah, hopefully it's good. Hopefully I can come to Australia soon as well. Yeah, I was going to say, are you going to come to Australia? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'll come. Um, it's a long way away, but I, I, I'm no. absolutely I'm, I'm choking to come to Australia, man. It's like I feel like every everywhere I've been in the world, Australians have been the most like funny, mad. Of course. I uh, like. Can I give me Glasgow vibes? Like a bit, a bit crazy. So, um, I'm, 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 I'm buzzing to come to Australia at some point as well. So, hopefully yeah. you can come, you come to the gig and we'll, we'll hang out. <laughs> yeah, cool. And so, well, I like to ask my last question. What is your favorite gig memory to this date? And also, what is a gig horror story memory where it's all just gone a bit not too good? My God, favourite gig memory. Um, I went to see the specials in, in the Barrowlands in Glasgow um, when I was like 15 or 16. I thought I was so fucking cool. I had like a Harrington like zipper on with like, the tartan and everybody was wearing the same thing. I had Doc Martens I just bought that day. I was fucking feeling myself. Um, and it was just, I had listened to the specials since I was a baby, basically. Like my mum used to play them. And it was just getting to see them. It was like this amazing experience they were all a bit older and everybody at the gig was a bit older but fucking hell it was it was mad everybody was like jumping up and down it was like 50 year old men like punching me in the face but it was class <laughs> um my, a gig a gig horror story would probably be um there was this festival in scotland called tea in the park and we went to go and see disclosure and it was like day three everybody was a bit fucked um and somebody like threw a cup full of like piss and directly in my face, like all over my face. And this is like day three at a camping festival that it was like battery acid. It was like my face was melting off. It was that warm. Um, so it I'm was so, fresh. It was fresh, but it was a three day, <laughs> had been boozing for three day pee. So it was like green. It was green, warm. And I was like, ah, it, was, it, was, it was not good. But I got over it pretty quickly. I was that fucked. I was like, oh, it's part of the experience. But yeah, yeah that's probably that's that's the, the one that immediately pops into my brain. I think I was about seventeen as well, so not great. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I like that's a great story to end on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just my face covered in piss and my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for waking up bright and early to chat to me today. I very much appreciate it. Anything for you, Vic? I'll be back again soon. Thank you so much. Um, I usually do a cheers at the end of my episodes. So I feel like I've got I've not that's just water, but I've got Cavonia here. So just what the like, hell is that? It's a cough bottle. I've got a bit of a cough at the moment, but I think it's got a bit of alcohol in it. So I'll be like <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> oh <like> that. <laughs> <laughs>